the bitter kiss of Judas, betrayal and rejection. Next to sting of death or a serious illness, this is probably one of the most painful things that we as humans endure. And it's almost always from the people we would never expect. On today's podcast, we're going to talk with my friend Elizabeth Coker as we discuss what to do when our relationships break down and how to deal with being betrayed. Hi, y'all. I'm Brandy Bostic, and joining me today is my friend Elizabeth Coker. Hey. Elizabeth is a lifelong friend from way back in our camp counseling days at Secret Springs. After several years of service at Secret Springs, she has currently been enjoying her time serving on the Broaden Horizons team at First West as the discipleship coordinator. She's also a wonderful wife and mom. So thanks for coming out today. Uh, it's my pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit more about Broaden Horizons? It's a really great ministry and I'd like for everyone to hear about it. We serve really the high poverty, high at risk areas of West Monroe and Monroe. But right now we're really serving in Balcomville at uh, the three schools in that area. We do after school programming and we do uh, summer camp and we just strive to uh, love, educate and transform in the name of Jesus, the students that we serve. Do you ever miss your camping days? Of course. Um, <laughs> I do miss the people, but right now with the role that I'm doing, it's it's really the same. I Just get to work grown up version. <laughs> yeah. I get to work with kids and college students and just meet people where they're at. And it's it's really what I was doing at Seeker Springs, but it's just, I mean, different people. And so uh, I'm grateful to yeah. still be in that world. Well, that's awesome. Alrighty, uh, so today we're going to talk about friendships and feeling betrayed by those relationships. How would you describe that feeling and why do you think it hurts so much? It's heavy. There's just a sense of loss. Trust uh, is broken. There, It just comes with anxiety and insecurity and probably a lot of doubt. You don't know where to turn. Sometimes you do feel isolated. And so there's just a lot of emotions and feelings that come with the sense of betrayal in any relationship. So, yeah, I mean, I just think it can really leave you feeling gutted. I mean, you just don't expect it from them. Because I know for me, like I had a a friend group for a while and all of a sudden I realized I was outside the circle of that. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, I just something I didn't expect. And so it, it can really feel like like a breakup. Yeah, exactly. You know, for you and your situation and your story, what made you so angry? The longevity of knowing a person for such a long time and really just knowing that they love Jesus and then seeing the betrayal, the unexpectedness of the betrayal, or it's a sense of, oh, you don't love me. Or when you did this, it showed that you don't care about me. I think it was just personal. That was why it made me so angry. Any type of betrayal is personal because you're dealing with people. Yeah, it's like, how how could you do this to me? Yeah. You know, not just in general, but like to me specifically. Yeah. What was something you did that kept the bitterness? Because that can definitely leave a person bitter. How did you keep bitterness from taking hold of you? I think really it was my quiet times with the Lord. I was studying Romans at the time uh, that I was walking through this. And just the desire to be in the Word kept me grounded and kept me from, um, I mean, I'd say there was bitterness, but it didn't take hold. And so Romans, really walking through that book, helped me. So what was so powerful about that book in particular? 
Romans is like the commentary for the gospel. And so it was like verse by verse, I was being reminded of God's love for me and that I don't deserve it and that I'm forgiven through Jesus Christ and his through his death and resurrection. It just reminded me of my sin and how I broke Jesus, that my sin put him on the cross and that he willingly suffered and died for me. It gave me a sense of humility to ask, who am I to not forgive someone? It helped me live out the gospel. It challenged me to pray the gospel, it challenged me to see my situation with a lens of gospel uh, perspective. It just showed me I have to forgive. So, yeah, that's good. So, like, you know, from, from that, I'm hearing, I'm thinking maybe Ephesians. Right, book of Ephesians, Romans, Romans five, because now Romans five eight is like where it talks about like you know while we were still sinning, like in the midst of sinning, that Christ died for us. And I know for me, anytime I think about that, that always helps me like to be grounded, as you said, and just reminding of like who, who am I? Because mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to be like, you know, I think the world especially likes to say like, you know, you would have a right or it'd be just for you to to be bitter and to excommunicate the person forever. But that's not the gospel. That's mm-hmm. not what Jesus did. Like, while we were literally spitting in his face, he willingly died for us and even asked the Father to forgive us in the middle of that. So uh, I'm with you there. How was your prayer life during this time? Right before I walked through this episode or this season, my husband and I sat down and really talked about our our quiet time and how, as a mom, it, it just wasn't there I asked him and I said, I need some time with the Lord. I I really feel led to have a longer time with him, um, not just a five minute Devo or whatever. And so he he was going to take Sybil and help me out with that. And so I started opening up my Bible to Romans. Through that time, my prayer life blossomed. I began to pray throughout my day. And as I entered into the season of the muck, just consistently praying, who am I? Remind me who I am. Remind me who this other person is. Remind me how to walk through this properly. Help me to steward my time. Help me to glorify you through this. When I have the anger, when I, man, and the anger did come, the bitterness, the conversations that were had, I had to ask for forgiveness many times. And so I think it was just continuing to pray, even when I felt like I didn't want to. Or when I messed up, I had to pray because that's the only place I could go for forgiveness or reconciliation or how to walk through this. Because if I tried to do it on my own strength, I was going to mess everything up. Yeah, It was an essential thing, prayer for me as I walked through it. Yeah. You know, I've heard it said before that have you prayed about as much as you talked about it? For me, I've always been guilty of a no. It's so much easier to go to another third party and explain, you know, and, and complain about all the things that's been unjustly done to you. But, you know, that's not not helpful. Uh, it's definitely not even in at all in the road to um, reconciliation or any of that. Wow, that's just really great that you're able to do that and that you knew that prayer was going to be the only way. And I really like how you said, like, how you're asking, like, well, who am I? I think we don't ever ask that. <laughs> you know, like, I think we just get caught up in our own justification of why we should be angry with that person. And I think that's very wise. And I'm, I'm glad the Lord was able to give that to your heart to ask that question. 
I've seen many people walk through these these seasons and and then I've seen it gone go badly and I've seen it go well. And so in my mind I wanted to make it go well. Like I wanted to do what the Lord wanted me to do and he gave me who am I? And that was his grace and his mercy because I I think it is a sense of you have to seek the Lord. You have to vi- literally seek Him in these moments. And if you're not seeking Him, it's going to be really hard to walk this out and find forgiveness and find reconciliation. And I like how you mentioned earlier, too, you're saying how, like, you you know, you and your husband had sat down and y'all just had decided, like, you were, it was already intentional about how we're going to spend more intentional time with the Lord. And I think we've talked a little bit before about how, like, you can look back now and see how that was God paving the way for you. That was right before I was going to walk through it. And God was preparing my heart, getting me in the Word, so that I would be able to walk through this with His Word, with His grace, and an understanding that He's with me. I'm not walking through this alone. And actually, that's awesome, because for me, anytime I get the sense that God is pursuing me, because that to me is like, God was pursuing you, like He was preparing for you, like He was, that's Him being in the moment with you. I get teary-eyed and, and I just, it really pull you know, it gets me of how like, wow, like God loves me because anytime that happens and I feel pursued by God in that way, I'm like, wow, God really does love me. Uh, Cause I think sometimes that's easy to ask in the midst of something like this, like, does God love me? You're showing us that, yeah, he does. And he's doing it because he prepared a way for you to be able to walk through that. And it's him pursuing you and that he's, in it with you. And that's just, it's very awesome. And <laughs> it makes me emotional just hearing about it. Yeah. So you talk about this prayer, like this quiet time and this prayer life, like what, can you explain like the overall goal of that, like what that looks like for you? Like what is a quiet time and the structure of all that? What I did with this period of time, this season, it was d- during the like the COVID stay at home order, and I had a lot of time to sit there and just dwell in God's word and think things out. And he, I think that was the Lord's grace and provision of you need to steward your time well, Elizabeth. And so I got in the word. I would open my Bible, and honestly, I brought the notebook I used today for that season. It was my I had a little blue notebook, and I would write at the top of it, Lord, I want to know you like I know a friend. So I started out writing my prayer of my intentions for this moment with him where I wanted to know him. I would read the word and verse by verse, I almost wrote down the whole book of Romans in my notebook, just walking through what I would read, just little snippets of him saying, you will find life through the spirit. And the spirit of death brings fear, like just things like that, that would resonate and stay with me. And then at the end, I would pray the scripture, like I would pray what I would read. And it wasn't necessarily what I was feeling in that moment or that day, but I was trying to let the word of God sink deep into me, root itself in me. And so that would be how I would work out my feelings. That would be how I would work out all the things I was walking through. So I have a prayer that I will read. This is very significant for me because I haven't done this before, but this is a prayer I prayed and I wrote it out and I said, Lord, thank you for enduring the labor of bringing new life to the world. I'm thankful you saw the joy before you are pushed through, knowing the suffering you would endure. Thank you for putting death and sin in the grave and birthing life, a miracle so that I can be called an adopted child of God. Help me to be about life and peace. Let my family be about life. 
dwelling close with you. Thank you for pulling us out of death and into life. Help me to walk beside my husband and my family, putting away pride and hurt and seeing the big picture of rebirth. Amen. Yeah, that's so. a little more than five minutes, huh? Yeah. He's <laughs> just a little bit. I love that where it's about like, you know, pursuing, you know, life and peace, you know, and that's, you know, also part of the gospel because the gospel is about bringing us, is about reconciliation. It's about bringing us back together with God and, you know, having that desire for peace, for the desire to peace to be so strong that nothing else can falter from that. And that through Jesus is life like that. So that's, wow, like that's speaking to me like right now. <laughs> You know, I know you had your prayer time and you had the book of Romans. So, you know, was it just a a one-time thing or was it a process for you of this healing with this broken friendship? No, it's been an ongoing process that daily I have to to seek the Lord because there are triggers, there are things that will prompt a sense of anger or bitterness and I have to know God's truth. I have to know that that is a lie. And so Staying in the Word, being rooted in the Word, really understanding and knowing who God is helps me fight those triggers and helps me fight those times where fear or anxiety arise. Yeah. So, like, when you face those triggers, like, what has helped you to, like, put it back in its place? Okay, so I have a two-year-old and a husband, and if you haven't heard, but I love them very much, and I like to take pictures of them. But in order for me to have a prompting to always or prompt to always remember the truth of God's word, because anxiety is something I struggle with. I have put the verse, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his loving kindness endures forever. Psalm 107 verse one. It is literally my my screensaver or my wallpaper on my phone. So when I click it, that's what I see. It used to be my child's face. But I put that verse there just so I can know God's word and remember God's truth, that he is kind and that he is good, because I did start to really dive into some doubt in God's goodness as I walked through this while believing in the gospel, while believing in the fact that I need forgiveness. I was still dealing with the emotion or why is this happening? God is good. Why is this happening? And so I had to remind myself of God's word, God's truth. And I still have to do that daily. So that's why I put that on my phone. Yeah, because a little bit you start feeling like, well, did God betray me too? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a little bit of that as well. Like, how did I deserve this? Kind of like Job a little bit. Like, what did I do? <laughs> so that's that's a good one. And I, I had that on my wall for a while as well for a different reason, but it spoke the same kind of truth to me. So I think it's kind of neat how that scripture can speak the same thing at different times to different people. You know, you said that, you know, you would focus on his truth. Can you explain a little bit more about what that means? Yeah, sure. Really, it's the promises of God of knowing his character, not defining goodness on how humanity defines goodness or kindness or love or forgiveness, really, but going to God's word and seeing how God defines those things and seeing his character, that is the truth, not my truth, your truth, but really seeing God's truth because he's the definition of truth. He designed everything. He gives us what is true. And so I wanted to set my eyes on his truth, set my mind 
on heavenly things, like on what is true instead of earthly things that may just disappoint. Yeah. And bring anxiety and bring Mm -hmm. fear. Because when I set my mind on his truth and his promises, that he is good, that he is loving, that he has forgiven me, and and to honestly allow the Holy Spirit to work in the person that you're trying to reconcile or forgive, because the Spirit is very much alive in that person. So trust in that. Trust in the Spirit of God to work things out and not force anything we're not patient beings. And so I think... Not at all. Yeah. So I think just being patient and allowing God to do the work, the healing work of reconciliation, of let allowing forgiveness to take bloom, and it, it works. Like, you just got to put your mind and your eyes on godly things, on His promises, on who He is. So just focusing on His true character and what, you know, we can um, discover that from Scripture and just what promises has been fulfilled there and also in our lives. Okay. Yeah. Like I can drive with that. You know, I think you and I, we went to a conference a while back, a Lisa Turker's conference and she yeah. had made a statement. Oh, y'all, if y'all missed it, y'all missed it. It was really great. <laughs> uh, but she talked about forgiveness and reconciliation are not always the same thing um, or it's not always the goal. Uh, what do you think about that statement? I think when I first heard the statement, I was like, boom, yes, that's great. But I wasn't walking through anything at that time, and I didn't really understand the hardness of that statement. You always want to forgive because that is like something God commands. If you are forgiven, you must forgive. And reconciliation, it's just work. It's hard. But I think we've been taught an improper form of forgiveness just Mm -hmm. in our world and our culture. And I think what she talked about really stayed with me that you can forgive someone without them ever saying they're sorry. You need to do that. You on Mm -hmm. your end have to forgive and work through that forgiveness, even if they never come to you and say, hey, forgive me. Yeah, because that was really powerful for me too to realize that I could release a person that wronged me. And that's literally, that's what forgiveness is, is you releasing the other person from the obligation of having to say they're sorry from from the apology. You are releasing them from that. And that I could forgive someone without having to keep them in my life. You know, it's just great to think that forgive, forgiveness is simply not holding onto a hurt caused by that person. Like That's what that is. Yeah, I think when you do that, when you do biblical forgiveness, you're showing that they have no power over you. Mm -hmm. Because when you don't forgive, I think a lot of your actions and a lot of your emotions and a lot of the things that you walk through, the action or the betrayal or the person has more power over you than God, who has shown you you're forgiven, you're loved, you're His. There's nothing that can take you away from Him. Mm -hmm. I think we start to get held captive by that act of betrayal Mm -hmm. and it it almost buries us and i think god saying forgive it's for you forgive it's it's good for you i had a friend that once told me where she shared with me from um, a word from joyce meyer sometimes you can untie a relationship instead of burning it like you can untie what you guys have together instead of just burning it to the ground, instead of burning that bridge. In some ways, it kind of made me think of Lisa Turker's teaching and kind of echoing that sentiment of like, because I think in the world, like, you know, if someone wrongs us, we feel justified in burning them out of our lives and you're you know, nowhere, nowhere in that anymore. I don't know, like we have our forgiveness here. And I think sometimes forgiveness does look like untying a relationship 
because maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't be as close to them. What's your take on that? Well, a long time ago, my boss, Terry Slauson, when I was at Seeker Springs, he told me, he would sit down with me and say, there's nothing we can't talk about. And he said, because we are people of reconciliation. And if you are Christians, if you're brothers and sisters in Christ, there should always be a sense of, I need to reconcile. I need to seek the work of reconciliation because you're children of God, you're children of the kingdom, and you're both on this planet for the same thing. You're supposed to be glorifying that reconciliation that Christ did for us on the cross. And so with everything you do, every every relationship, if you are a Christian, there should be a sense of, yes, untying, but in your mind, praying for reconciliation one day. I agree. <laughs> especially especially if you are both professing Christians, you know, like I think the burning of the bridge is, is not pursuing what God wants for us, but an untying might be a, a healthy way of, you know, processing your own forgiveness for that person. Mm-hmm. And maybe just your own sin in your life. Or like maybe, maybe you're the reason there's some toxic things going on there. Seeking counsel, like even like wise people or going to counseling just to walk through your own untying or so that you can be a better you and reconcile and deal with your own stuff in order to help someone else or to see someone else or empathize. It's work. Reconciliation is work and it's work of the spirit. It's work of you putting like boots on the ground and meeting people where they're at and trying not to let unforgiveness and bitterness have power over your life. And that is a hard thing to do. But so worth it. If you could give advice to someone that is currently walking through this, what would it be? I would find time to get in the Word of God, open your Bible, and not just be a five-minute sit down with God, but open your Bible, read God's Word, and just be saturated in it, sit in it, and then pray it. Sometimes I've prayed, like, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to God. That is, that's a verse from the Bible, and I want to pray that. And so sit in the Word, pray the Word, and allow God to do the work of reconciling your heart to Him, seeing Him truly, but also reconciling you to others because we're each going to have to walk through some mucky times, some really hard times, and it may be coming for you. So prepare yourself, sit down in the Word so that you're you're not just going to be in a sea of lostness, like hopelessness or lostness, because forgiveness brings that, yeah. or unforgiveness or trials bring that. Wow, Elizabeth, you know, that all sounds like really great, sound biblical advice. And I know you're on the other side of it now with this situation, and there has been reconciliation, right? Yes. Yeah. Very much so. It's awesome. So she knows what she's talking about. She's lived through it. <laughs> Well, this has been a really deep and rich and just healing wisdom. I hope people were really listening today. Thank you for coming out and sharing your thoughts. I'm so glad God can mend our broken hearts. My name is Elizabeth, and this is my story of the middle. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Brandy Bostic, and you've been listening to the Up From The Up podcast. Psalm 40, verse 2. He brought me up from the desolate place out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure.